the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A full assessment from U.S. intelligence this week. Ben Thomas, Washington. Florida's recount is over, and Republican Governor Rick Scott leads incumbent U.S. Senator Bill Nelson by about 10,000 votes. It's not official yet. This is SRN News. Joe Walsh explains what nationalism is. Nationalism is patriotism. Nationalism is pride in our country. Love for our country. Yes, putting our country first. Not saying screw the rest of the world, the hell with the rest of the world. Yes, putting our interests first because we love this country. The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master Control. Go flight. Studio Engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And I go to the Northern Alliance Radio Network's Facebook page. And uh, just do go to Facebook, search, uh, search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like. And uh, as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just, uh, just reading some of the comments uh, regarding the... Um, uh, show post, you know, I always on uh, the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, I always put a, a post up promoting the show, and um, someone had indicated that uh, you know one of the things I'm going to talk about today is kind of a, upon further review. Yeah, the 2018 midterms they were uh, they were pretty bad for Republicans. Uh, as as much as we tried to spin it after election night, we kind of shrugged and said. Oh, well, we expect the Republicans to lose the House but keep the Senate. And, yeah, not only did they keep the Senate, they increased their majority. And it looks like uh, Florida is going to be added to the flip column as well in the, in the U.S. Senate. Uh, current incumbent Senator Democrat Bill Nelson is going to be calling a press conference, uh, I believe, at 2 o'clock Central Time, which would be 3 o'clock Eastern. So uh, it's at that point it's it's rumored that he's going to concede as the recount has uh, shown that uh, Rick Scott— 
the Republican candidate for senator has about a 10,000-vote lead. So uh, will there be a concession? That is the speculation. So we shall see. But uh, there was a uh, there's an individual on this uh, that commented uh, that said uh, the Republicans basically threw a bone to the leftists. You know, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll shut up for a while, meaning maybe the leftists will shut up for a while. And that's not what leftists do. Leftists double down on their lunacy. That's why, uh, despite the fact leftists got the majority back in the Minnesota House and have the governor's mansion once again for another four years. And the Minnesota Senate is just a one-seat, razor-thin majority for Republicans. They're going to feel emboldened. They're going to go. They're going to come out with guns blazing. Pardon the pun, because gun control being their number one legislative priority, that's not what they do. They, uh, they, it is it is in their nature to overreach. And I just kind of posted a GIF in response to you know maybe leftists will shut up for a while now that Republicans have thrown them a bone. And I posted a GIF saying you must be new here because. <laughs> Leftists don't do that. They 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 can't help it overreach. And this person, uh, Fran, took it as a as an insult. Uh, did not mean it as a as an insult, Fran. I promise. It's just a joke. Saying leftists have, are not capable of of shutting up, and that's why I say you must be new here. So I don't know. If Fran's listening. Fran basically said uh, my attitude is why uh, Fran doesn't listen to the show. So well, I apologize for that. Not really, but you know, I have to be who I am. So. That is, uh, that's how we're going to move forward here. But I did want to get, like they say, this first segment, that uh, as more returns are have come in, Republicans are continuing to lose more and more seats. They're basic, they've basically been wiped out in Orange County in California. I mean, Orange County was the one area of California where there was some solid Republican representation, and now that's pretty much gone. There are, I believe, 53 uh, 53 House seats, U.S. House seats in the state of California. And I believe the Republicans, they now have, I think, six, six of them left as of, as of right now. Six out of 53. The Republicans are persona non grata in the state of California. And a lot of those, again, a lot of those elections have been called within the past week or so as vote counts have continued to be tallied. So as it, as of right now it's looking as though that the Democrats could get close to a 40 seat flip which going into this uh election cycle I believe the Republicans had 240 seats and if the Democrats get 240 if the Democrats flip 40 seats and all of a sudden the Democrats have 235 seats to 200 for the Republicans that's a pretty significant majority okay so uh it does and again, there was a lot of the a lot of the spin done after election night, and and you know, I I myself did, and I said, you know what, I expected Democrats to flip twenty five to thirty, you know, and it, at the time it was right around low thirties, around thirty one, thirty two. I said, you know what, that's not terrible, but I tell you what, if it gets close to forty, like it's projected, it might. Um, that that's a problem, and where they're winning these seats could be a, rep- a problem for Republicans going forward. Uh, if you know, if they don't, uh, if they don't address some things, because we saw, well, look here in Minnesota, the House delegation basically remained the same: three Republicans, five Democrats. But it's how the shift took place, where Republicans flipped two outstate congressional districts, the first and the eighth, whereas the Democrats 
flipped the second and third, which are suburban congressional districts, which cover major suburbs here in the Twin Cities. So what does that tell you? That tells you that all of a sudden Republicans are not playing well in the suburbs. I'm not going to go so far as to say that they're in danger of becoming extinct like their urban counterparts, okay, because in Minneapolis-St. Paul, a Republican is as close to endangered species as you can get. Just ask my Northern Alliance Radio Network colleague, Mitch Berg, who has lived in St. Paul for 20-plus years, he'll tell you. So it's, um, it, it's like I say, as, as, we've getting close to, as we're getting too close to two weeks out from Election Day, it does not look good. And Jim, Jim Garrity at National Review uh, wrote a piece, uh, his Morning Jolt uh, column that he puts out on a daily basis, and one par- one uh, excerpt of this column was titled, Why Election Day 2018 Looks Worse for the GOP One Week Later. Uh, what a difference a week makes, huh? With Arizona's Senate seat lost, Florida and Georgia down to the wire, and GOP House losses approaching 40 seats, 4040 seats, it's time to adjust Wednesday morning's It Wasn't That Bad assessment. Uh, raising my hand here, guilty. Yeah, I kind of said the same thing. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. That's what I expected. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of getting worse with each passing day. Uh, what's more, President Trump and his team should be nervous about 2020. There's still a lot of road between now and the next presidential election. We don't know what the state of the country will be in the autumn of that year. What will the unemployment number be? Will Americans feel prosperous and that American uh, and that America has been made great again? Will there be a terrorist attack? Another war? What should worry Republicans and Trump is that the economy on Election Day 2018 was just about as good as they could want. And the Democrats made those big gains anyway. And just kind of an aside there, I, and I probably mentioned this last week too in my election post-mortem, is that uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden's former economic advisor, uh, Jared Bernstein, had said just before Election Day that, you know, the job numbers and the, and the GDP growth and all that, he said, an unemployment rate, he said, this is about as good a jobs report as you could expect, okay? There was no spinning that, and yet it wasn't good enough to sustain uh, Republicans. So just kind of wanted to uh, add, on, add on to that uh, right there. Uh, continuing with Jim Garrity's piece, we're technically overdue for a recession or at least a slowdown. The U.S. economy could slow down because of global economic forces, a bubble bursting in the real estate, tech, or financial sectors, instability overseas, tariffs, and we're at a trillion-dollar-a-year deficit already. And this was uh, this was my concern when the tax cut and jobs plan uh, was passed, is that it's one thing to... You know, cut taxes, put more money in the pockets of the American people. They're going to obviously spend more, and that'll certainly help the economy. And you saw a tremendous amount of activity by major corporations reinvesting in their employees, whether it be their pension plans or or bonuses or what have you. You know, the bonuses that Nancy Pelosi called crumbs. Well, got to tell you, $1,000 to a middle-class worker means a lot, okay? So there was incredible investment, GDP growth was was as high as it's been in a long time. So that being said, they still suffered some pretty significant losses at the ballot box, and we're still running trillion-dollar deficits uh, annually. So what does that tell you? 
tax cuts and whatnot are are are, are nice, but in and of themselves. They don't necessarily carry the day. You still have to cut spending. So what does this tell you? This tells you that we're spending the money just as fast, if not at a faster rate than ever. I guess the last quarter, I think it was the last quarter, they reported the largest uh, uh, Internal Revenue Service uh, indicated that it was the largest collection of gross revenues, receipts from taxes and and, uh, revenue in, in a long time. Okay. So does that tell you? More people are working, therefore more people are paying taxes, right? So this is a good thing. But yet, if we're still running trillion-dollar deficits annually, uh, that's not sustainable. And that means we're not cutting spending. And that's something that was never addressed. With the Republicans having both both chambers of Congress and the White House. And Paul Ryan, you know, talked a good game after the tax cuts were passed. He says, yeah, yeah, we definitely want to go after entitlement reform. Well, uh, Paul Ryan is obviously no longer Speaker of the House, well, because he didn't seek re-election, and now Democrats are in the majority. So this was a concern I had, and, and and we've seen reports, some rather sobering reports from this past week, that pretty soon uh, the interest payments that we're going to be making on our debt, I think by 2020, is going to be comparable to that of our defense budget. And by 2025, our lar- the largest portion of our budget will be to interest on our to to our debt payments and as well as our interest payments. Okay. And there has been no indication whatsoever of anybody being ambitious enough or courageous enough to address this. None. Zero. And it's sure not going to get addressed these next couple of years with the with the Democrats in charge of the House. Okay. And that's the thing. That never seems to be the signature issue or for, for very few Running for office, that seems that doesn't seem to be a signature issue for anybody running for Congress. Why is that? So uh, this this is going to, uh, I, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get serious about our national debt, but it doesn't seem to be, to, to ha- it doesn't seem that either party ever wants to address it. And heck, we can go back a decade or so when Republicans actively looked to cut spending and then Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid pitched a fit over they were going to cut they were going to cut spending like in the area of like some goofy spending like cowboy poetry you know apparently cowboy poetry was being subsidized and just a mere cut in spending in that minute area caused people to pitch a fit and you want to talk about having to overhaul things like medicare medicaid social security good luck so uh yeah the republicans losing the house it's it's worse than they thought but guess what uh, there was real no discernible agenda to attack the, the national debt. Uh, let me uh, finish up this up real quick before we go to a break. Uh, a rational administration would look at the excite the base strategy in the final weeks before Election Day and declare it either a failure, which is a bit harsh, or insufficient. Maybe President Trump's focus on repealing birthright citizenship, the caravans, crimes of illegal immigrants, and so on helped ensure GOP wins in the Senate races in Indiana and Missouri, but it sure as heck didn't help the Republicans who were running competitive races in Virginia, New Jersey, New York, uh, New York, California, and some parts of Florida. And you can't just dismiss those red to purple districts in blue or purple states. Republicans just can't write off all those soccer moms and white collar professionals as folks who were always rhinos and closet liberals. Oh boy, is that a, is is that dead on? Go back ten years ago. Uh, then Senator Norm Coleman was running for re-election in two thousand eight and lost and. and after Election Day, he had a small lead over Al Franken. Now, 
from what I understand, there were not a lot. There was not a lot of campaigning in urban areas, you know, like Minneapolis and St. Paul, and like the first ring suburbs of those of those areas. Because it's like, wow, those are the fourth and fifth congressional districts. They're not going to vote for us anyways. We really really need to focus on securing other areas. Well, as we now know, had you just gone into those areas and secured just a few hundred extra votes, okay, five hundred to a thousand, two thousand votes in Minneapolis and St. Paul is a very small percentage. But guess what? It would have probably meant the difference between a victory and defeat for then Senator Coleman. So this is we've had cautionary tales before, and Jim Garrity is emphasizing it here in that you have to win back those suburban districts if you ever want to ha- see a House GOP majority again. And we've seen that in the second and third congressional districts here. Eric Paulson got crushed. A longtime incumbent got crushed by double digits in the third congressional district. Jason Lewis lost by three or four points as, a, as an incumbent. So... Uh, there, there are definitely some cautionary tales there. Are we willing to learn lessons going forward? That is the hope, to be sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at uh, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Dreaming of a better life for your family starts with your decisions today. Hi, this is Marty Young at Online Trading Academy. We teach skills to create an income to live your life your way. Take the time to invest in you. Join us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250. Use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Online Trading Academy. Radio. Let's talk about your business for a minute. Think about all the things you're doing to attract the best talent. Between the networking events and referral bonuses, you're probably spending plenty of time and money to find the right people. But what if it was your office that attracted employees? Today's workforce is mobile and active, and they want an office designed around the way they work. And Veridesk makes it easy. Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions help you create an active workspace where employees can stand and move so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. Our full line of active office products are constructed with commercial-grade materials and require little to no assembly, so they're easy to set up and move. Companies of any size can have a Veridesk active workspace. Ordering is simple. Shipping is free. And our 30-day guarantee means if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. Learn more about Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions at veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com radio. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763 
If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. And just for being a loyal Patriot listener, I'll waive your first initial cleaning fee. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we're here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show with any comments or questions. And check out our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like if you have yet to do so. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, kind of continuing on the, the fallout from the GOP, it looks like they're continuing to lose seats in the House. It could approach 40, but the good news is, I believe it was Utah's third or fourth congressional district. I, I forget which congressional district in Utah Mia Love represented. Uh, it looked like she was going to go down to defeat, and uh, she has been one of President Trump's more vocal critics of the House uh, Republican delegation. And it looks like she was going down to defeat. And, a- and the day after, President Trump just kind of shrugged it off and said, well, Mia Love, something along the lines of Mia Love gave me no love, so you know it's too bad for her or something like that in the president's typical condescending dismissive way that uh, uh, he goes after critics. Well, it turns out as votes are continuing to be tallied, uh, Mia Love has taken a lead, and uh, Dave Wasserman, who is with uh, the Cook uh, Partisan Voting Index, uh, has said that it's hard to see how Mia Love is going to relinquish that lead, given some of the counties outstanding that they're still counting. I guess it's very, very favorable to Republicans. So thank God for small favors. Mia Love, terrific representative out of Utah, uh, and she is still, uh, looks like, going to be in Congress. But this is, I, I bring this up because this is an issue that Republicans are now facing. It's always kind of been an issue that has plagued them. But this election, more so than ever, uh, there's talk of a uh, GOP's problem with women. And of course, it's been exacerbated by uh, President Trump because Donald Trump, obviously, his history with women before he ran for president, uh, pretty unflattering. And some of the things that he has said about women have been pretty unflattering. Now, Uh, As I've said on this program, anybody who is disrespectful of Trump, regardless of race, regardless of gender, background, what have you, he pushes back twice as hard. So to just dismiss him as just being anti-women and racist, I think is far too simplistic. I think he's just anti-anybody who's not loyal to him in his words. But this brings up a a greater issue, and the New York Times came out with a piece this past week, and and a friend of the broadcast, Ann New, linked to this. Uh, Anne New, of course, a representative out of the North Branch area, and thankfully she was reelected to the Minnesota House. Uh, there were a lot of fantastic female Republicans who lost reelection to the Minnesota House a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cindy Pugh, uh, Jen Loon, uh, Anna Wills, Roz Peterson, Kelly Fenton, uh, Regina Barr, Sarah Anderson, some phenomenal female candidates, representatives that were defeated for reelection. Major kick in the gut. Oh, just awful. Because some of those uh, ladies I got to know a little bit over the past four years or however long they've served and uh, have been terrific and 
have gone down to defeat, and it's unfortunate. And at the national level, the there have been, I believe there are 61 Democratic freshmen in the new uh, Congress for, for the on the House side. And of those 61, 35 are women. So over half of the new Democrat members in the U.S. House are women. Whereas I think the Republicans have 31 new members of the House, two, two, one, two, two women. Horrible luck. Now, again, can you just brush it off to the Republicans being an anti-women party? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that simplistic. However, Trump being at the top, i.e. the president, that is certainly a, a factor. No question about it. To dismiss it would be a mistake. Is it the sole factor? Well, probably not. But I'm going to read this New York Times article of, from, again, uh, Hat tip to our friend Ann New for linking to this. Uh, Susan Shira writes, it's a banner year for female candidates, but it does not extend to Republican women. It is the year of the woman, all right, but only for Democrats. The number of Republican women in Congress next year will actually drop, even as the ranks of Democratic women swell to record heights. With a few races still undecided, the new Congress will have at least 105 Democratic women and 19 Republican women. But that's not all. From Congress to governor to state legislatures, far more Democratic women ran in this cycle than Republican women. And that means fewer Republican women on the bench gathering experience and credentials to move up to the next level. As the incoming freshman of the 116th Congress gathers in Washington this week for orientation, the only Republican woman attending was Carol Miller of West Virginia. She could be joined by a few others whose races are still close, too close to call. I know that we need to up our game on the Republican end, said Kelly Ayotte, the former Republican senator from New Hampshire who was on board, who was on the board of Winning for Women, which was founded last year to encourage and finance Republican women to run for office. Ms. Ayotte cautioned that one election cycle, particularly a midterm election when the party out of power typically makes gains and many Republican women were reluctant to run in what looked like a Democratic year, should not be seen as a trend. But political scientists who track women in public office note a longstanding disparity between the number of Democratic and Republican women at the federal and statewide levels. And boy, have we seen it in this state. And again, I I think it's a lot of the representatives I named, you know, just this last segment, uh, this particular segment, uh, Cindy Pugh. Uh, from, I believe, the uh, Chanhassen area, uh, Jen Loon down in Eden Prairie, uh, Patty Anderson. That was actually Matt Dean's former House seat. Uh, Patty Anderson was a Republican candidate running in that. It was a White Bear Lake area. Uh, Anna Wills, uh, Ross Peterson, Kelly Fenton, uh, Regina Barr, Sarah Anderson, all from the first ring suburbs, you know, like Plymouth, Woodbury, Lakeville, I believe Apple, Apple Valley, like I mentioned, White Bear Lake, even um, in Prairie Chanhassen, all in those first ring suburbs, which really took a hit, where Republicans really took a hit across the country. And it just so happened that those districts were represented by Republican women. So I think it's more of a function if you had an R next to your name, that was a, a deterrent. But there's also a couple of other factors in play. And number one is you're seeing a lot of these quote unquote, and I'm using think pieces in quotation marks because. It's just a dismissal of, wow, wow, the Republican Republicans are a white, old male, misogynistic party. And I think it's it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you get a lot of these critics who chide the Republican Party as being that, and, and women who run as Republicans and women who vote as Republicans saying, well, you know, these women who are voting for Republicans are voting against their own best interests. 
as if women just have one interest. You know, a lot of, for, for a while, it was, you know, it all started in 2012, the Mitt Romney war on women. You know, Republicans are trying to take away uh, women's birth control and reproductive rights. And that's, and that's just a flat out lie, but yet it's perpetuated. And so when women, particularly, and I talked about this last week too, women who are entrepreneurial, small business owners, what have you, what are some of their biggest concerns? Obviously, it's their livelihood, running a small business. So they're going to vote for a candidate who best uh, promotes policies that will be favorable to their respective businesses. And in most cases, Republicans are more business friendly. But to dismiss them as voting against their own interests as women is is incredibly condescending. And what's more is you probably have some prominent females who have served as city councilors or uh, county ch- or uh, sat on a um, a county a county chair position, what have you, that are hesitant to run for office because they see the way re- conservative women are talked about, just this vile invective that are thrown at them, and they're like, you know what, I'm all for public service, but I'm not sure that I want to throw my proverbial hat in the ring if that's how I'm going to be talked about. For goodness sakes, I have kids who are old enough to read the news and watch the new and and watch the news as well. I'm not. I don't want them to hear me being talked that way. All that is. All that said, there are there are opportunities for women, and how good are we as a Republican Party for promoting those opportunities? And that's something we're going to get into down the line. I've reached out to the folks at uh, Minnesotans for uh, Excellence in Public Service or MEPS. That's the organization for uh, Republican women here in the Twin Cities, where they it's a nine month course where women meet one Saturday a month for nine months to find out more about public policy, to find out how to run campaigns and, and run as a, uh, as a political candidate to encourage more women to get involved in the process. And a lot of the women I just named that lost their Minnesota house seats, they're part of that program. So we're going to have a representative on from that program, hopefully upcoming because this is an issue that, uh, uh, yeah, we definitely need to address. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show, hashtag NARN show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hi, this is Eric with the Kingdom Builders with some words of encouragement for you today. In Galatians 5-7, Paul tells us that those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ are no longer bondservants, but sons. And as sons, then heirs of God through Christ. He goes on in Ephesians 1-3 to explain what a great blessing that is when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. There are two small words in that verse that bring great encouragement. The first is half, which tells me it is already done. And the second is all, which tells me that I lack nothing in Christ. Oh, how great to be called a child of God. On behalf of the Kingdom Builders, I hope these words are an encouragement to you today. If you'd like to contact us, look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. I am Marcus Jubland. Like my dad always says, we're not salespeople, we're just great roofers. Pro-life across America, the billboard people. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. 
Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. Some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more. Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit Crosswalk.com. Right now at CVS Pharmacy, you can earn up to 50 extra bucks rewards each year just for filling prescriptions, which means the medicines you take to stay healthy might also do a little something for the health of your wallet. So visit your local CVS Pharmacy to sign up and start earning up to 50 extra bucks rewards on prescriptions. Terms and conditions apply. Not valid on all prescriptions, including those purchased in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Other state restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash rxrewards or the pharmacy for details. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag NARN Show. I know what you Hey, are you a member of the Freedom Fan Club? Oh, why the heck not? The Freedom Fan Club, what is it? Well, it is the, all the purpose of a rewards card with none of the hassle. The AM1280 The Patriot Fan Club. You just have to go to the website, which is am1280thepatriot.com. Click on Fan Club for free access, free sale access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. And don't forget our November Book of the Month. It is entitled, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies by Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Again, am1280thepatriot.com. Click on Fan Club, find out more details, and get signed up today. Uh, continuing uh, some the uh, with uh, some of the news stories from this past week. Uh, you know, speaking of women in Republican administrations and whatnot, uh, Betsy DeVos. Ever since she was uh, confirmed as President Trump's Education Secretary, some of the vile things that were said about her. Just because she was an advocate for charter schools, you know, charter schools which give kids an opportunity to, oh, I don't know, maybe be more, uh, be more successful. You know, if they're in, a, if particularly if they're in cities where public schools are failing and have tremendously large achievement gaps, you know, school choice. What are, you know, but you let yet she's has all of these awful things said about her. I mean, dispute the policy or debate the policy all you want or debate the stance on public schools versus charter schools all you want. But goodness sakes, when you just go into this fever pitch over-the-top rhetoric, uh, it kind of, it almost seems like you're insecure about your position on the issue. I I don't know. I'm just saying. But I I bring up Secretary DeVos because she has proposed... uh, these uh, some uh, 
shall we say, adjustments to Title IX, which would essentially, talking specifically about sexual assault, sexual uh, harassment on campus, which expands due process. David French, who himself is an attorney, wrote about it a little bit at National Review this past week. Uh, The Department of Education has issued its long-awaited proposed regulations reforming sexual assault adjudications on college campus. Not only will these rules restore basic due process and fairness to college tribunals, but they also, given how basic the changes are, highlight just how ridiculous university kangaroo courts have become. First and perhaps most important, the rules will not only require colleges to permit cross-examination of witnesses, including the accuser, but will also prohibit universities from relying on the statements of any witness who refuses to submit to cross-examination. Cross-examination is so fundamental to adversary proceedings that it is simply incredible that some universities have been prosecuting and expelling students without permitting the accused representative to question his accuser. Prohibiting cross-examination irrevocably stacks the deck against the accused. The Supreme Court has rightly called cross-examination the greatest legal engine ever invented for discovery of the truth. Now, when this was first being talked about this past week, you had uh, Representative Joe Kennedy, you know, part of the uh, Kennedy dynasty. I forget where he is, congressman, if it's Massachusetts or New Hampshire, somewhere in New England, obviously, basically talking about it was an outrage, outrage that a uh, a woman who's been sexually assaulted has to face her accuser. That should never happen. Well, first of all, that's not how it's going. That's not how it's taking place. What it is, it's a representative for the accused talking to the uh, representative for the accused talking to the uh, accuser, and it may it doesn't even it isn't even in the same room. It's just providing questions back and forth. So this idea that a young lady who was sexually assaulted has to face her alleged rapist eye to eye, it's that's not true at all. So naturally, when you when you present it that way, people are going to have a problem with it, and, that, and that's just not how it's that's not what's taking place. So let's uh, continue with uh, David French's piece. I'll get to kind of a key excerpt in here. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Wait, not only did some schools deny cross examination, but they also denied the accused access to relevant evidence in his case, including exculpatory evidence. Yes, they did deny access to evidence. It wasn't uncommon for accused students to walk into hearings with only a cursory understanding of the charges against them and partial access to evidence, and then have to respond on the fly without access to any legal help. Yes, kangaroo courts could be that bad. So basically what you're having here is someone who is accused of sexual assault, which you know is being dealt with within the context of the university here. But if it if it goes beyond just harassment to sexual assault, well, now you're talking criminal prosecution if the accused, if the accuser wants to file charges. Continuing with David French's piece, uh, but that's not all. While the proposed rules permit schools to retain the preponderance of the evidence standard as opposed to higher standards such as clear and convincing evidence, they do not permit university procedures to disfavor students. Universities are required to apply the same standard of evidence for complaints against students as they do for complaints against employees, including faculty. This provision inhibits powerful campus constituencies from negotiating more favorable deals on due process. 
Now, this is just a basic civil liberty is being entitled to due process. You're presumed innocent, you know, innocent to a proven guilty. And I know that campus tribunals and constituencies, what have you, are not courts of law. And so, therefore, the the mindset was, well, you know, it only has to be a preponderance of evidence. It doesn't have to be uh, without doesn't have to be without a reasonable doubt, that sort of thing. So the threshold was was obviously a lot lower in this case. But uh, it was argued, I think it was uh, Gabriel Mailer, he's a, a legal guy that I follow on Twitter. It was argued that, look, because these are a lot of public universities that receive government funds, shouldn't by extension students receive these same constitutional protections as they would within a court of law? Because essentially you're having the government not allowing due process, which flies in the face of our civil liberties, spelled out in the Bill of Rights. And, you know, an organization like the American Civil Liberties Union, you would think that when an administration, like the Trump administration, like Education Secretary DeVos, actually expands one's civil liberties, you would think that that would be a good thing, right? Well, uh, you'd be surprised. This was uh, at uh, Reason.com. Uh, let me see. Let me find the uh, tweets here. Yeah, Reason.com posted the tweets by the ACLU. They said uh, the proposed rule would uh, make. Let's see. Yeah, the proposed rule would make schools less safe for survivors of sexual assault and harassment when there is already alarmingly high rates of campus sexual assaults and harassment that go unreported. It promotes an unfair process, inappropriately favoring the accused and letting schools ignore their responsibility under Title IX to respond promptly and fairly to complaints of sexual violence. We will continue to support survivors. So one one thing that really struck me is this inappropriately favors the accused. How? How? If if someone is falsely accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment, how how is that inappropriately favoring them? I, I understand what they're saying, that there are young ladies that unfortunately are are harassed or sexually assaulted that are afraid to come forward for, for myriad reasons. But as we've seen, there have been some very high-profile false accusations. Emma Salkowitz at, at Columbia University, remember that one, Mattress Girl? She carried around a mattress on her back and was going to continue to do so until the young man she accused of raping her and a roommate was kicked out of school. Okay? How was how that remotely constitutional? How is that, how is that in any way due process? And the university not only cleared this young man, this Emma Sokowitz brought it to the NYPD. They did an investigation and ended up clearing him and then brought it to a federal court where the charges were dismissed because of lack of evidence. Okay? So how how is it how is it inappropriately favoring the accused when evidence is presented, but yet it isn't corroborated? I, that, 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 that just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Mark from uh, is it St. Louis Park. Is it St. Louis Park or Spring Lake Park? Oh, yes. SLP means a couple of different things. Mark, St. Louis Park is on line one. Hey, Mark, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad, another great show. Just a quick comment. Uh, when the Obama administration relaxed the, the uh, standards yep. for sexual assault claims, yep. I knew you'd have like two rams locking horns with the Democratic Party. 
you had the feminists versus the uh, the the athletes, mm-hmm. especially uh, minority athletes, going at each other. And I knew this wouldn't last. So that's in quite a few cases you've had minority athletes versus feminists, and that's what happened with this rule. And I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Mark, and that's exactly right. That this is basically uh, providing the same standards with uh, well, not exactly the same standards because here's the thing is that if the accused is found not guilty you know after the camp, after the campus officials do their investigation and is found not guilty the accuser then then can appeal all right and then uh if there's additional evidence that is uncovered and there and therefore uh they realize, well, the accused turns out the accused was guilty with this new evidence that was found on the appeal. Okay, uh, it's not exactly like a court of law because obviously that would be a violation of double jeopardy in a court of law. You can't be convicted of a crime that you're already exonerated of. But the, but it's a little different here with on campus. So the point is, is like if the accused, uh, if the accuser, I'm trying to keep my verbiage straight here, accused and accuser. If the accuser appeals and comes up with new evidence that maybe she was hesitant to bring forth or finds new witnesses, corroborating witnesses, whatever, okay, the accused can still suffer any kind of consequences, you know, whether it be kicked out of school, and then obviously they could maybe take it to, to a court of law as well. So it's just an outrage at the ACLU, and this this shows you how, how they've jumped the shark, is that they say that being innocent until proven guilty, or imply basically saying that innocent until proven guilty uh, is an un- inappropriately favoring the accused. That, in what sane and rational world does that make any sense? And, you know, Mark alluded to the Obama administration standards where they were making the, where they kind of weakened standards a little bit. Uh, I remember the California legislature last year wanted to codify the old Obama administration ruling. And Governor Jerry Brown, Governor Jerry Brown, not exactly a conservative stooge, didn't sign it. Here's his, here's his actual quote. Depriving any student of higher education opportunities should not be done lightly or out of fear of losing state or federal funding. Because the idea was is if these state universities that got government funding didn't adhere to the Obama administration directive, they could be at risk of losing funding. And so the concern was is that they were willy-nilly in applying these statutes, and, and Governor Jerry Brown flat out said, how is that in any way reflective of due process? Okay, Jerry Brown, all right, when these, are, when, when these old Obama administration rules are too left for Jerry Brown, uh, yeah, that's saying something. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Have you ever considered how important a good night's sleep is to your overall health? Hi, it's Lee Michaels here for Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds. Have you ever heard the phrase, sleep well, live well? 
Well, besides all the wonderful health benefits and affordable pricing my friends at Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds offer, they would like you to call 763-325-5253 and enter the November sweepstakes for your opportunity to win your own Carbon Cool Adjustable Bed, valued at $1,600 and without any obligation or purchase required. Enter your name and address. They'll send you an information packet that will help you understand the many health and lifestyle benefits you can truly enjoy with your own Carbon Cool Adjustable Bed. Five different models, as well as many pricing options to meet your needs. Call my friends at Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds. They'll answer all your questions. 763-325-5253, 763-325-5253, and ask about their senior discounts, too. Hello, I'm Mark Stoman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. Each of us have special dreams if money is no issue. What's your dream? Extra income each month will allow you to do what you want when you want. Freedom of time and money are powerful. Invest in you at Online Trading Academy by calling now for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. According to Google, a local business owner like you needs to spend at least 15 hours a week to optimize their online search campaigns. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, introducing you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for local businesses. Let Salem Surround maximize your SEO and SEM campaigns so you can run your business. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour. And here to take your call is six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. As I'm closing out this weekend's Northern Alliance Radio Network programming, as always, you can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m., it is The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. He's on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. I am the closer. Closing out weekends, Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in uh it was kind of like uh where's if you went to cnn.com this past week it was kind of like uh, playing the game where's waldo but i did eventually find the story of michael avenet avenatti 
uh, being arrested. I'll read the story. Uh, Attorney Michael Avenatti, is it Avenatti? Avenatti was placed under arrest on suspicion of felony domestic violence and was booked early Wednesday evening. Los Angeles Police Department Officer Jeff Lee said the domestic violence report was taken on Tuesday in West Los Angeles and the arrest was made. We can confirm that today LAPD directives arrested Michael Avenatti on suspicion of domestic violence. This is an ongoing investigation and we will provide more details as they become available, the LAPD Twitter account posted Wednesday. In a statement, Avenatti called the allegations completely bogus. I wish to thank the hardworking men and women of the LAPD for their professionalism. They were only doing their jobs in light of the completely bogus allegations against me, he said. I have never been physically abusive in my life, nor was I last night. Any accusations to the contrary are fabricated and meant to do harm to my reputation. Sorry, I got to chuckle that one. Harm to his reputation. Yeah. Uh, dragging a woman who had never met Judge Brett Kavanaugh and tell and having her tell everybody that uh, Brett Kavanaugh, when he was a high schooler or college age kid, was part of a gang rape uh, and later admitting she never met Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah. You have a, a ironclad reputation there, Avenatti. Sure. Uh, I look forward to being... Fully exonerated. So uh, this, of course, Avenatti was also the uh, representative for Stormy Daniels, the uh, the adult film star who apparently had an affair with uh, Donald Trump while Donald Trump was, uh, after Donald Trump married Melania, of course. I think they've been married since 05. And then, he, and then of course, he had some high-profile clients that were willing to smear uh, Brett Kavanaugh. The irony is just too rich here because, number one, He's talking about, I deserve full investigation, and ultimately I will be fully exonerated. Funny, that's not the, that's not the tune he and his allies were singing uh, during the Judge Brett Kavanaugh hearings. We should just believe all women, right? No matter how outrageous the allegations or, or, or accusations or what have you, they have no reason to lie. We should just believe all women. And then it was later ascertained that the one woman who accused Brett Kavanaugh of uh, being part of a gang rape ring never met him. So uh, it's uh, and, and by the way, this is on the heels of him, I guess, losing his office space in his L.A. office and uh, his legal practice uh, kind of on thin ice. So, um, yeah, this is uh, things are kind of falling apart for the guy. And you know what? Here's the thing. I, I, I fully support due process here. Innocent until proven guilty. I'm not going to automatically assume that Avenatti, despite apparently being a very obviously a dirtbag, should be deprived of his due process rights. But guess what? That's not the standard he and his ally set. This, this is why people like this who are so firm and hardcore in the standards of, you know, believe women, believe women, women deserve to be believed, full stop, that's it. You know, almost implying forget due process, women deserve to be believed. This is why people who are so protest so hard for that particular quote-unquote principle uh it's always a it's it's always amazing to me how that just explodes in their face every time and again i'll read the last paragraph of the cnn story uh, following his representation of julie swetnick for her allegations against kavanaugh senate judiciary uh, chairman chuck grassley said in october that he was referring avenatti and swetnick to the justice department avenatti said at the time the referral was basis Baseless, several Democrats said in the wake of Kavanaugh's confirmation that Avenatti and Swetnick's involvement damaged their efforts to prevent Kavanaugh's com, uh, confirmation at charge Avenatti denied. So 
after a while, uh, Avenatti uh, was basically thrown under the bus by the Democrats. So um, I'm sorry. I'm reading this question up here. uh, Adam Bob wanted to know: Don't we still hold two and a half? I, I don't. I don't know what the situation is here. So, but the point is that um, this is kind of exploding in his face and his own words are coming back to bite him, you know? And who's to, who's to say how this will turn out? Like I say, I believe in, uh, I believe in due process. Uh, sorry, Adam, what was that question up there that, uh, that uh, Bob was asking? Uh, Bob was actually just asking if don't we still control two and a half of the three available branches of the government, and you know what's the situation with that right now? Are we talking to the federal level? I'm assuming. I, yeah. Yes, I assume so. Well, uh, legislative, executive, and judicial. So um, you know, obviously, executive, executive branch, you know, is, is Republican. Judicial is technically nonpartisan, but obviously, justice is certainly. It's ascertained what their ideology might be given their given their rulings, and obviously, Congress is split. So. Uh, um, was that a rhetorical question? Do you already know, or was he genuinely curious? I, I yeah, I think it was just kind of curious to hear your kind of opinion on it when other people are gotcha. you know, kind of freaking out. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, uh, your mileage may vary, but I hope that answers your question, Bob. Obviously, the legislative branch at the federal level split with the Democrats controlling the House, but the Republicans still controlling the Senate, and uh, the Supreme Court, anyways, certainly seems to uh, tilt to a more uh, originalist uh, ideology, which some would characterizes conservative and then we have a republican president so uh we got about five seconds left adam we got to go uh back with another hour on the broadcast in mere moments me brad carlson the closer go nowhere this is albert moeller for townhall.com planned parenthood has a new leader dr lena Wen, and she spent her first days on the job as alexandra de sanctus of national review online tells us to convince americans that planned parenthood has nothing to do with abortion Planned Parenthood is actually the most prolific provider of abortions in the United States. It is thus the most murderous organization for the unborn in our nation. But elite media outlets are going along with Planned Parenthood's public relations effort. The New York Times Magazine offered fawning coverage of Dr. Wynn and quoted the new leader arguing that she is essentially, of all things, pro-life. Quote, what I do is promote life, she said. I'm a physician. Everything I've ever done is to save lives. Now just remember... Last year alone, Planned Parenthood clinics performed 321,384 abortions. Those abortions tell a very different story, and we shouldn't be fooled. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like Johnny and June. 
We've been talking about Jackson. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Don't miss Sandvold Financial Group's Money Talks radio show here every Sunday morning at 9. Sandvold Financial Group is independent of Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC, and Questar Asset Management. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.